How's it going? Good. Okay, it's a big day. Um, I had a really crazy week, so there was lots of um, highs and lows. And um, I just really appreciate that Jesus likes it all, and he's a part of it all, and we can come and praise him no matter what, right? Like, it's the best part of being with a relationship with him is one of the things. So stand up. We're going to praise him, obviously. We're going to actually raise a little hallelujah here. So here we go. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive.
God, we just thank you for that promise that our, our words have power. That when we raise up our voice, raise up our shout, that you, you give us confidence to face enemies. You give us confidence to face our day-to-day life where we don't know what the future holds, but as long as we're raising our hallelujah, we can, we can walk forward. And God, you give us not only that, that confidence, but you give us your name, Jesus. And you continually remind us in your word that that name has power, not because of the way that the letters are formed, but because of what you did. So Jesus, we claim your name this morning, believing that miracles happen when we do. We speak that over our own lives and we speak that over everyone else here, our brothers and sisters in this room and watching online, God. Jesus, your name has power and we claim it now. through the shadows burn light 
song we could ever sing You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you, Jesus Oh, Jesus, the name above every other name Oh, Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you How we live for you Sing holy Oh holy There is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in one And show me who you are And fill me with your heart
this morning that there is no one like our God. Amen? Amen. Well, as we prepare to enter into a time of prayer before the Lord, I just want to recognize that while some of us in here may be celebrating great triumphs and great moves of God in our, in our lives this week, there are others of you that may be experiencing some pain or some heartache, whether it's for something you're going through or something that somebody close to you is going through. And whether it is a celebration or whether it is something that you're asking God for prayer for, I just want to invite you in this moment right now to take a seat and to know that if you do so, you may feel some hands on your shoulders some people may come around you. And that is truly because we believe here that God moves through the power of prayer. And not only do we want to be praying for you, but we want to be praying with you in this season. So I'd invite all of us now, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes as we go before our Heavenly Father in prayer. God, we are so grateful to be gathered together as a worshiping community united under one name, the name of Jesus this morning. I pray over each and every person here, Lord, that as they are going through life, as they are navigating what you are saying and speaking to them through the 21 days of prayer, as you are moving in their lives, in and through situations, God, that your presence and your spirit will just be made known in mighty ways. Whether it's ways that they're celebrating and asking for more of you, Lord, or whether it's ways that for themselves or for others that they are hurting, experiencing pain, discouragement, loss, brokenness, God, would your spirit just step in to the midst of those situations, remind them of the love and the grace and the mercy that you have for each and every one of us. And we think not only of our worshiping community this morning, but we think of the worshiping communities around us. And so we want to lift up St. Paul's United Church this morning. We thank you for the ministry that they are doing in the community. And we pray over their leaders and over their congregation, Lord, that you would just pour into them, that they would receive an overflow and outpouring of your spirit as they seek to know you and to hunger for your word this morning and impact the community. And we think of our communities globally that are worshiping. We think of Jacob and Carenza serving over in the Czech Republic. We pray, Lord, that as they are getting an influx of Ukrainian refugees and as they are um, just seeking to help them, Lord, that you would just provide for them physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, Lord, everything that's needed just to walk alongside the Ukrainian people in just such a difficult and heartbreaking time for them. Give them strength and encouragement to work through this together. And God, as we pray, as we continue in our time of worship this morning, I just pray that for each and every one of us, that we would just be reminded tangibly of your love for us this morning. That this time in our service would not be about what we can get from you, Lord, but that it would just be a time where you may lavish your love and your grace on each of us. And so we pray over all these things, asking in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that they would be true. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. I invite you to go ahead and have a seat. I want to welcome you to All Shores Wesleyan Church this morning. If we have not gotten a chance to meet, my name is Pastor Aaron. Would love to meet you if we haven't already met yet. If you are a regular part of your family and you're joining us again this morning, welcome back. We thank you for being here. And if you're new, 
Welcome. I hope that you were warmly welcomed as you came in and that your time with us this morning has been a blessing. Whether you're new or whether you've been around here for a while and are looking to get connected further, maybe you have a prayer request or would like to connect with a staff member, you'll notice on the screen behind me, we have a QR code for our connection card. There should also be a physical one and also a QR code on the seat back in front of you. And we encourage you, again, whether you're new or whether you're a regular attender here, if there's a way that you would like to be connected, if there's a way that we can help you find and follow Jesus or get plugged into the church here, reach out on that connection card, fill that out. We would love to connect with you. If you are new or maybe you've been here for a couple weeks or a couple months or are just wanting to know a little bit more about the church and what's going on, I would love to invite you after this service, we'll be hosting Explore All Shores over in West 200. You can follow that door right out there up to the ramp or you can come from outside as well. And Explore All Shores is a chance for you to meet some of our staff, including Pastor Pete and Pastor Dave and some others, and just to hear a chance or have a chance to hear about what we're doing here as a church, who we are, and find out more ways that you might be able to get involved or just get to know us a little better. So we hope that you'll join us there. One more of a personal notice, if we have any high school families in the room, if you haven't seen the announcement, just wanted you guys to know we are shifting the youth group time tonight from 3 o'clock to 4.30. I understand there's a pretty big event going on today here for Michiganders, judging by your colors around, and I wanted you to know that I did indeed wear my colors too today, so I wanted you guys all to... Yeah, thank you, Carter. That was very unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike of them. conduct. Thank you. Thank you. The host, there's a jersey violation. He's been ejected from the worship center. <laughs> hey, I hope you enjoy whatever plans you have later on today. And uh, it's good to be in God's house today. Amen. And uh, for those of you joining us online, we're so glad that you're here as well. This is the part of the service where we just continue our worship through giving, through giving God's tithes and our offerings, just remembering that all good things come from the Lord, that we live blessed lives, that in the good and the plenty and in our places of scarcity and loss too, that God meets us in that. And so we just want to invite you to participate. God's doing some really good things in our midst, church. We're celebrating new lives, coming to know Christ. We celebrated baptisms a couple of weeks ago. And so just thank you to all of you who continue to partner with us in that. There is a link on the screen. And also, if you follow the QR code in your seat back, that can direct you there as well. Uh, and just a reminder, too, that we continue giving globally, knowing that the mission of the kingdom of God is is continuing to advance, and we're so glad to see uh, just God continuing to shed his light out to our world. Amen? And so we've got a great rest of our service planned for you. I want to direct your attention to the screen where I may be also speaking. But anyway, turn your eyes to the screen and uh, watch what's next. Hey, All Shores, I'm Thad Spring, and with me is EJ Wood, and we are back this year for Soup Herbal Sunday. We're looking forward to this, February 11th. We're gonna have so much fun together and we want you to be a part of it. We are gonna have baptisms that Sunday. We're gonna launch groups that week and we have chili and soup at both of our campuses after each service. Not only do we want you there, we want you to invite those you know to join us that day as well. So be sure to join us in just a couple weeks for Soup or Bowl Sunday. 
Hey, All Shores, I hope you're having a meaningful Sunday already with us. I want to take a moment and remind you that Ash Wednesday is coming up. And for those of you who may not be familiar with what that is, Ash Wednesday simply marks the first day of the season we call Lent. Lent is a season where the church has historically engaged in prayer and fasting in the six weeks leading up to Easter Sunday. It's a time where we are just reminded that God meets us in our places of brokenness, in our places of pain, in our places of sin, and he brings light, he brings resurrection, he brings his grace and peace to us. And so Ash Wednesday will take place on February 14th at 6.30 p.m. in our Spring Lake campus. It'll be a great time of worship, a message, and we'll also receive ashes, again, just as a reminder of how Christ gave for us sacrificially. It's gonna be an awesome night. I hope to see you there. Psalm 119 Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. So glad we all get to be together. My name is Evan. I'm one of the pastors here. And how about them lions? Come on, somebody. I want to personally apologize for the little blip that happened during hosting. Um, You know, we are in the midst of 21 days of prayer. And so if you could just put Aaron at the top of your prayer list. I think if we all kind of pray together, maybe something will happen. Uh, this is the third week, if you've been following along in our 21 Days of Prayer series, and it's not just on Sundays, we're actually praying together throughout the week for 21 days. And we think of 21 Days of Prayer like you might think about your bank account or tithing, that, that we view this financially. Whatever comes in, we give the first part of that back to God. And in the same way, as we approach the new year spiritually, we take the new year and we give the first part back to God and we pray, commit to pray together as a church to seek God for what he has for us. And so today is the start of the third week of 21 Days of Prayer. If you want to pray with us um, during the week, we would love for you to do that. You can still sign up for that at allshores.org slash 21. We're going to be in Psalm 119 today, like we have the past couple of weeks. It's one of my favorite parts in all of Scripture. But before we dive into that passage, we pause every week to affirm that the same God who inspired these words is the same one who's with us today. That God actually wants to speak. He actually wants to be heard, that that there's not somewhere else that he has to be, he's not far off, that he actually wants to dwell with us today. 
And so I just want to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you a moment of silence. And I, I would love if you would silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you actually want to hear it. And then I'll pray for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present, that you are with us, that your ears are not closed to our prayers. And God, we know that you have something in store for us. There's something you want to share with us, that you're not angry at us, you're not mad at us, that you have come here today to help us. And so I pray for every single person in the sound of my voice that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds for the word that you have for us today. We promise to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, amen. Amen. Well, we are going to center our time this morning around trying to answer one question that comes out of the text. One question. Here it is. What will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this year? What will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this year? I think this question is so important as we start a new year. I know most of us come from the other direction to try to answer this question, but I think the answer to this question is applicable to your life, whether you would call yourself a follower of Jesus or not. Spiritually speaking, what will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this year. And this is where I think Psalm 119 can be so helpful for us this morning. Psalms are interesting. Maybe you already know this, but a psalm is a poem or a song. And there's something interesting about our minds that we can store and then recall songs or poetic literature so much easier because the words in some way or the phrases relate to each other in a special way. There's often a rhythm or a cadence. Sometimes we remember the rhythm or the cadence first, and then the words come later, which is why throughout all of history, cultures have implanted their most important values in poems or in songs so that the people of that culture can more easily recall those values and integrate them into their lives. This is what we have in Psalm 119. We pick up in verse 129, here's what the author says. It says, your decrees are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. Your decrees are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. I know you probably don't know this, but I had a birthday last Sunday. I'm one year older. No big deal. Hopefully, one year wiser. Got a little more life experience under my belt. And And I wonder if I could just share with you a bit of wisdom that I've picked up along the way. It specifically relates to parenting. So if you you feel like you can back me up here, just let me know. I think one of the most effective ways to really love your kids, steward their lives, really set them off on the best path is through sarcasm. (laughs) Anybody else? We'll hit an open Sunday as a family. My kids will wake me up early. Somehow they know it's Saturday. And they'll say, Daddy, what are we doing today? 
and I'll look at him and I'll say, oh, I have a really fun idea of what we could do today. And their eyes get a little bigger and they say, Daddy, what is it? Tell us, what is it? And I say, oh, you guys are going to love this. And they'll say, Daddy, tell us what it is. I said, we could, we could clean your room today. I think that's how some of us, maybe most of us, view this verse in Psalm 119. Your decrees are wonderful, O God. Oh, how I love your rules. Your commandments, God, are just the best. I love the decrees that you've made about how we should live. We're all still normal people, right? Is that the case? We, we like freedom and not rules. But God isn't being sarcastic here. It's not like me with my kids trying to get them to clean their room. The author here is dead serious. Your decrees are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. They're dear to her, dear to him. And here's the first insight I think we can draw out of the passage this morning. Remember, we're trying to answer the question, spiritually speaking, what will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this year? This is what we see. You and I will remain stagnant this year if we believe that spending time with God is more about duty than pleasure. If we believe that spending time with God is more about duty than pleasure, I'm sure I'm losing a good portion of us. That if many of us were to list the top 20 things that we do for fun, that for most of us, for most of us, spending time with God doesn't make the list. Spending time with God, reading the Bible, isn't fun. And if you were to push back to me this morning and say, hey, the way that I read scripture or spend time with God isn't fun, I would not disagree with you. The way that you engage with God in Scripture or spend time with Him probably isn't fun. But let me encourage you that is not the only way to do it. That there is a way to engage with God, spend time with Him that flips on its head what most of us have experienced for most of our lives. That spending time with God, reading His Word, is more duty than pleasure. We pick back up in verse 130. Here's what it says. It says this, The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. If I could take you back to high school, Evan, which you probably wouldn't want to do, and describe to you my experiences in learning, I'd take you back to two classes. One was AP statistics. Can't even say it. Good night. It was like my brain was shut off for that 45 minutes. Hard as I tried, even though I could memorize facts, I couldn't get my brain to actually understand that level of mathematics. The other class was a lit class my senior year. We spent all semester reading literary classics, which were equally as hard for me to understand as the statistics class. I remember reading some works that I knew were printed in English, but I could not understand what was going on. 
And so we'd read out of class, we'd spend time discussing with our teacher in class, and, and as he taught us, I don't know how to describe it, other than like during our time, during our discussion, it was like my mind started opening like a suitcase. And learning that was previously closed off to me in Loctite all of a sudden became accessible, and I was able to find new meaning. Psalmist says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It's understanding, gives understanding to the simple. Here's the second thing I think we can draw out of our text this morning. Remember, we're trying to answer the question, spiritually speaking, what will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this year? Here's the thing, if we, if we believe that, spending time with God is more about proving something than receiving something. We'll remain stagnant this year if we believe that spending time with God is more about proving something than receiving something. Because let's just be real. A lot of us have insecurity when it comes to this kind of stuff. That we look at Christians all around us and we, when they say they hear from God. And it just leaves us thinking, wow, I'm glad he loves them that much. God never so much as whispered to me. No writing on the wall. No, I'm on a walk and God arranges the leaves into a picture. No message in a bottle. Like, I'm open to all of that. God doesn't give me the time of day. And so we settle for a half-life. Not one that we want, but it's a lot better than where we could be. So we'll just be thankful. I could be wrong. I think most of us long to have a personal relationship with God. We just don't know how to find it. Can I share with you some good news, church? I think he wants a personal relationship with you too. I used to read scripture through the lens of learning, like my statistics class, that I've got to memorize these facts. I've got to memorize these rules. And I'll be honest, I would get distracted and then bored. That there's a lot more interesting, engaging things going on in the world. But then something started to shift in me. And rather than approach God's word looking to conquer it or master it, I started to approach it that all I wanted was to experience just a piece of it. God, I don't need to be an expert. Will you just give me one word today? I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. I just need one God, will you speak to me today? I need to know that you're near. And so when I try to read scripture every single day, I I now approach it coming in with one focus. That whatever I read that day, I'm just looking for one word, one thought, one phrase to carry me throughout the day, one thing to anchor me to God that day. And when I read scripture, 99% of what I read would flow in one eyeball and out the other. Not saying it wasn't good stuff, but it didn't catch my attention that day. Yeah, every time I read scripture, there's at least one thing that catches my eye. Most of the time, I don't even know why. So I started taking out a journal and writing down just that verse. And then I started asking questions. God, what is it about this verse that I might need today? God, this doesn't make sense. What could this mean? 
God, show me how, why you related to this person this way, and what does that mean for me today? And for the first time in my life, it felt like God actually started to speak. That these words in this book that so many people hold dear started to come to life. They started to take on some extra meaning in my life. It felt more personal. It felt like my relationship with God actually started to feel real. Like it wasn't just one-sided. Like we were actually had something together that wasn't just wrote or in my head. We pick back up verses 131 through 133. This is how he ends it. With open mouth I pant, because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your custom towards those who love your name. Keep my steps steady according to your promise, and never let iniquity have dominion over me. Keep my steps steady according to your promise, and never let iniquity have dominion over me. Let me just say this. Most of the things that you're good at is not because you have some natural ability to do those things. Most of the things that you're good at was because you deemed them worthy of learning how to get good at them. You didn't give up. You kept lacing up your shoes or writing that report or turning on that machine. You weren't going to let anyone deter you from incorporating that into your life. My friends, why don't we take the same approach this year in our relationship with God? Spiritually speaking, a lot of us are still standing at the same mile marker we were last year. It's not that we don't care. It's that growing in our relationship with God is just tricky enough that it won't happen without some intentional focus, effort, some experimenting to learn how to grow in that area of our lives. Here's the third insight I think we can draw out of our text this morning. Remember, trying to answer the question, spiritually speaking, what will ensure you and I remain stagnant this year? Here's what we see. If we believe that, Spending time with God is more about personality than perspiration. If we believe that spending time with God is more about personality than perspiration, just because you and I have to work at something doesn't mean it's bad. My wife and I said I do over eight years ago, but that didn't mean that I knew how to love her well. I had to work hard at the art of loving her the way that she needed to be loved. My wife and I had a baby, and then three more. (laughs) But I didn't know how to parent in a way that helps my kids feel loved and ultimately thrive in life. In fact, some of my basic assumptions about parenting were dead wrong. I've had to work at it. But you know what? It's worth it. You know why? My wife is worth it. My girls are worth it. Can I tell you something? The creator and sustainer of your faith is worth it. 
the savior of your soul is worth it. The one who gave his very life for yours is worth it. That most of us, if we're not careful, are going to be standing on the same corner spiritually by the time 2025 comes along. Unless, unless we get about the business of learning how to grow in our relationship with God. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. Spiritually speaking, what will ensure that you and I remain stagnant this next year? Here's what we see through these verses. If we believe that spending time with God is more about the old than the new. If we believe that spending time with God is more about the old than the new. That some of us are being held back in this conversation because of who we used to be. Or maybe who we've proved to be in the past. Which is understandable. Because that's how life works. That's how the world works. That's how people work. But that's not how God works. His word says things like, my mercies are new every morning. Or if anyone is in Christ, she or he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. What if? What if instead of your time with God every day being spent on litigating the past, hey, bring your excuse book or bring your checkbook to pay some spiritual fines, what if every single day God simply wanted to invest himself in you for the day ahead? Every single day. What if the time that you spent with him, God wanted to invest himself in you for the day ahead? What if he actually had a read on your day that day, and he could give you exactly what you need in order to live that day in a way that would glorify him and would make yourself proud? What if every single day he could help you be the follower of Jesus that you desperately want to be? My guess is your time with him wouldn't seem so stale anymore. It wouldn't seem so pointless wouldn't seem so extracurricular, so unenjoyable. My guess is, is that it'd become one of your favorite times every day. Something you could count on, depend on, a source of joy for you every day. It wouldn't be something you have to do. It would be can't miss. Your decrees are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words give light gives understanding to the simple. With open mouth, I pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me. Be gracious to me, as is your custom towards those who love your name. Keep my steps steady according to your promise. And never let iniquity have dominion over me. You may be saying, Evan, this is good and all, but what do I actually do? Let me just give you three of the simplest things I can think of that might help you. The first one is this. Choose a time. Choose a time. It can be whatever time you want it to be. I would choose the time that that has the least amount of things vying for your attention. That we all only get 24 hours a day. 
but we can find a time that works best for us. Choose a time. Make it the same time every day. The second one is this. Pick a plan. Years ago, I had the desire, as we would start a new year, to spend more time with God. And then I would get halfway through the year and not really know what to do. I I would spend more time with the Bible open trying to figure out what to read than actually reading. That I just didn't know what to do. I didn't have a plan. And so here's my encouragement to you. Pick a plan. Plan out the entire year. It can be different. You can switch back and forth to different things. For the last eight years, I have done the same plan, the one-year Bible, that every single day, start it on January 1st, every single day, I know what I'm going to read. So I don't have to spend time worrying about where to go. I just open up my Bible and ask God what he wants to say to me. Choose a time. Pick a plan. Tell a friend. This whole thing that we do, this faith thing, it's a team sport that you and I aren't designed to be able to do it by ourselves. that we're wired for community. We're wired to help each other when one of us falls down. And so tell a friend, tell a spouse, tell your kid, you know who's great at keeping you accountable to what you say? Those little people that run around your house that you feed and get dressed every day. Tell somebody. Last thing. What's your next step? You know, the reason I love Psalm 119 so much is because it paints such a clear picture for me of where I am and where I long to be. And I wouldn't say I've made it yet, but every time I read it, I want those words to be true over my life. God, I long to be with you. I love your decrees. My soul loves them for they're wonderful. Here's what I would say. All of us can take a step towards following Jesus. All of us can grow. All of us can look more like he does. All of us can love people more like he does. That we all may have different steps, but all of us can be moving towards him. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe, maybe for you, you would say, I mean, even, even if I have a Bible, when I open it, I don't understand it. Or when I try to pray, my, my mind gets lost. That when you talk about spending time with God, I don't know how to do that. And I'd say, you're probably in the majority. That every single month, we take time through the journey, step three of the journey, and we just spend an hour talking about what does it look like to actually connect with God personally? That a lot of us have never been taught. How would we know how to do something that we've never been taught? Maybe you could join us next month. It starts over fresh next week with step one. We'd love to have you. Maybe for you, you know what to do. It's just, man, you lose steam. You're doing life all on your own. That that you wish you had a group of people around you that could encourage you, that could pick you up when you're feeling tired, that could spur you on towards loving Jesus and following him. Maybe you need to consider being a part of a group of people who know your name, who know what's going on in your life, who are encouragers in your world. Our online directory for groups goes live next Sunday. It's the first time you can start reaching out to group leaders. They start meeting the week after that. 
I don't know what your next step is, but I know someone who does. And I'd love just to take a moment, if you will, just close your eyes. And what I would love to do, I'm not your Holy Spirit, but you do have one. And he knows the ins and outs of your life. He knows what's going on in your world. He knows what you need next. So I just want to give you space, maybe for the first time, to ask him directly what he wants you to do. All of us have a step. Holy Spirit, I do. I pray for my friends. I know that you love us that you're for us, that none of us are considered extra, that all of us are intricately connected to who you are, that you haven't lost hope on any of us, you're not just waiting until heaven, that you deeply want to be a part of our lives right here, right now. And so I pray for my friends, Holy Spirit, will you speak to them in a way that they would understand? Maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's an idea, maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a person. God, would you help us? Would you tune our ears to your voice? And finally, for just a moment longer, I I do want to pray for those of you who, when you stepped foot onto one of our campuses today, or if you turned on your laptop or joining us online, you would say, I don't know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with God that I know, I know some things about him, but I don't know what it looks like to actually be in a personal relationship with him and follow him. And maybe sometime throughout this morning that you've sensed something happening inside of you that maybe you can't even give words to. But in some sense, you feel like God is pulling you in, inviting you to take a step into following him. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time. And what I just don't want to run past is that if that's you and you want to take a a step across the line in the sand, I would love to know who I'm praying for. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front. I just want to know who you are. And so if that's you today, will you just slip up your hand? Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. pray this prayer in your own words. Say, Heavenly Father, I hear you calling. I'm so sorry for going my own way, for insisting on my own path. Holy Spirit, will you come and make me new? Cleanse me from the inside out and give me everything I need in order to live a life that follows you and that makes the most of the calling that you've placed on my life. And we pray this in the mighty and in the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can you welcome some new sisters and brothers into the family? Amen. If that was you today, if you raised your hand, can I just ask for one favor, will you just let us know? 
that you shouldn't have to do this thing alone, that we would love to help you. We have some resources we can put in your hands. We have a gift that, we, that you could walk out with today at our connection point that we want to help you walk closer to who Jesus is and what he calls you. We also are going to celebrate communion, which we do every week. And so if you walked in today and you got a little communion cup, that's great. If you didn't and you still want to go get one, they're right out in the lobby. We'd love for you to do that. We do this every week to remember not just Jesus' life, but his death. That he chose to sacrifice himself for you and for me. And so we remember this every week to remember how much God loved us, not just in thought or in word, but in action. So it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took the bread. He was with his friends and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together, church. In a similar way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins, blood of a new covenant. Drink of this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that together as well. Amen. Well, let's stand and sing together.
Amen. Love that song. God's not asking for our perfection. He's not asking for perfect attendance. But he is asking for a surrendered heart, a surrendered life. Well, I encourage you to come back for our finale next week of 21 Days of Prayer. And then the week after that for Soup Herbal Sunday. Bring some friends. We're going to have a lot of fun. Would love for you to put out your hands. I would love to leave you with a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May he make his presence known to you. And may he continue to help you to take steps towards him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.